Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz, from NCW.com and March Madness. On this special edition of our podcast, I'll be joined by Dan Gavitt, the Executive Vice President of the NCAA, in charge of all things basketball. And we conducted this interview the day after the NCAA made the unprecedented decision to cancel the men's and women's basketball tournament uh, due to the coronavirus. Uh, This was a decision that was uh, painstakingly made, uh, as we've seen throughout the course of the last few days. Uh, Essentially, every other sports entity is taking the same action. Uh, Others have taken it more swiftly than others, uh, but uh, it had seemed to be inevitable uh, there was a sort of a tidal wave uh, as it was building toward this occurring. So uh, Dan's going to explain that, what the timeline was in this thinking. Uh, I will just tell you that uh, um, it was an incredibly bizarre week for me personally uh, because I started my week last week uh, when I was last week at Packed Arenas at Rutgers for Rutgers, Maryland, Providence Xavier, Dayton, Rhode Island, uh, and then on Saturday for Georgetown Nova, Sunday, Michigan, Maryland. Then I went out to Las Vegas for the WCC tournament, was there for the semifinals, packed at the Orleans Arena. Uh, women's final had a you know, decent crowd for a Portland-San Diego matchup with uh, not great fan bases traveling on the women's side. And then at night, packed for Gonzaga-St. Mary's. And then on Wednesday, headed to the Big Ten tournament where there were still fans. And as we were there in attendance, they made the announcement uh, that we heard that there was going to be no fans on Wednesday, uh, on Thursday, uh, at the Big Ten tournament. And all the other tournaments followed suit. Kind of once again, don't know who started it, but that was all going to start happening on Thursday. So that was Wednesday night. We had a little bit of a scare uh, with Fred Hoiberg, the Nebraska coach. He wasn't feeling well. Uh, ended up leaving the game and ultimately went to the hospital to get checked. We weren't sure what was going to happen. Thankfully, he was negative uh, as he was checked. And so that was a lot of anxiety as well for us there. And then the games were supposed to start on Thursday in Indianapolis and every other conference tournament. Only one did. That was the Big East tournament. They played a half between Creighton and St. John's before hours later, the NCAA tournament was ultimately canceled. So we're going to get into that timeline. I uh, just set up my personal timeline of getting to that moment. Here's Dan Gavitt on exactly what happened. Pleased to be joined by Dan Gavitt, the executive vice president of the NCAA in charge of all men's and women's basketball. And Dan, uh, as you know, we're dealing with unprecedented times across the country and the globe. And so I want to go back to the decision process of this past week in ultimately canceling the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournament as you guys were sequestered in New York trying to work potentially on a bracket. So let's start with the timeline. At what point did it look like you were going to have to come to this decision 
that was ultimately made on Thursday? Well, off the top end, I just want to say that, you know, personally, probably the worst professional life of my career, um, which I know just pales in comparison to the emptiness that all the players and coaches are feeling right now. I just can't get out of my head how uh, disappointed and devastated they are not to have a chance to play for national championship, not to have a chance to play, you know, NCAA basketball tournaments. So, um, we all feel that and uh, that sadness and that emptiness and, you know, empathize with all those players this year who don't have that opportunity. It was a, a really unusual, to say the least, week. It was a week that um, evolved so quickly from where we thought on Sunday and had great confidence definitively that we were going to be able to play both tournaments um, at all sites with fans um, and we're planning to do so. And then by, you know, Tuesday, announced on Wednesday, started to get a feeling like on Tuesday evening, and certainly by Wednesday, we announced, as you know, that we were not going to be able to hold the tournaments with fans in attendance um, as new information became available to the medical experts that, you know, that advised them otherwise to not uh, encourage, you know, large-scale events. Um, and then with... The developments that happened later on Wednesday, in particular, you know, the NBA's uh, unfortunate situation where Rudy Gobert was uh, infected with the coronavirus and uh, that leading to all sorts of other consideration by us and others that, um, you know, that by the time uh, late yesterday, Thursday afternoon rolled around, resulted in the cancellation of our tournaments. In that in-between phase when it was going to be, you know, no, uh, no fans, um, in those crazy hours, uh, what was the committee looking for in terms of smaller venues, especially in Atlanta, because it didn't make sense to obviously have it in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So what, what, what was happening in those hours in trying to, to find locations where there were going to be no fans? Well, we did an awful lot of contingency planning, actually going back a, a couple, few weeks now, um, but ramped up and, you know, with, with the speed and rapidity with all this was evolving. Um, we did uh, get to a point where we had started to line up very confidentially and without a lot of you know, details in place, um, backup locations for first and second rounds, uh, potentially for the first four as well, when the governor of Ohio decided uh, you know, no fans uh, at large-scale events in Ohio. So we, had, uh, we identified uh, Kansas City Sprint Center as a potential first four backup site as well as a first and second round site, if necessary to move an entire first and second round site to another location. And also Lucas Oil Stadium at Indianapolis, where a regional was planned, as you know, we would have moved to court in early and had that as a backup first and second round site. So um, we also even identified uh, Houston as a potential regional backup site if needed to play a, a regional on the off days uh, where the Houston regional would have been played. So, you know, we really did put a bunch of contingencies kind of in place on the fly and we needed to go there. Uh, our goal all along and all week up until, you know, the vote yesterday to otherwise cancel the tournament was to find a way to make these tournaments happen under any condition. Obviously, safely, you know, for all student athletes and, and coaches and fans in attendance. But our, our main goal all along was find a way to get these tournaments played to, to determine a national champion. Uh, Dan, was there any consideration given to an altered or abridged tournament format? I know personally in our staff, 
felt that the likelihood of being able to play full tournaments of 64 teams for the women, 68 for the men over three-plus weeks was highly unlikely, that we were on this race against time minimally, and that um, to get anything in was probably um, more likely, unlikely as it felt at that time, with an altered format. So we actually got working with, what late Wednesday night into the wee hours of the morning on on an alternate format, um, one that, that we really did spend a fair amount of time on and, and ended up presenting to the committee was a 16-team tournament um, that could be played over five days with all at-large selections played at one site um, Thursday through Monday for the men's tournament, likely in Atlanta, and honoring our commitment to, to Atlanta with the Final Four not being able to be held there in, in full capacity, uh, likely moving it to a smaller venue, um, and and just doing it in a very safe, controlled environment where we would at least give the, the top 16 teams, as determined by the committee, the opportunity to play for a national championship. We really didn't get you know anywhere into full consideration of that because things evolved so quickly yesterday on Thursday that led to a medical decision uh, and health decision not to have the tournament at all. But we, we, we got to that point where we were really seriously considering other formats to have any NCAA tournament at all. What about the women since their first round, first and second round, are on campus sites? What was being decided with the women? Well, the women's committee wasn't to start meeting until yesterday at 4 o'clock, so they had yet to convene their meeting um, and hadn't had a chance to kind of really consider anything. But we were, in in my mind, uh, in talking with uh, Lynn Holson a little bit, our vice president of women's basketball, um, we we would have considered a, a very similar, if not exact, same format if we had to go that, that far. To be clear, we really didn't get very far with consideration of that, um, but that's the level to which we had to you know, to plan here, contingency plan, to try to get any tournament in at all. Because you know, to your question, I think we realized once the NBA made their decision, conference tournaments on Thursday started to cancel, that you know, this whole thing was not likely to happen over a three-week period with a full field. Dan, a lot of times early in the week, the first thing that happens is that first vote to get the teams into the field. At, at what point, if at any, was that even done to actually put teams into the bracket on a first ballot? The men's committee started their meeting as, as always planned and as traditionally on Wednesday uh, morning, did some, some uh, other business uh, at the start of the meeting. And the schedule was always to have that initial ballot cast on Wednesday afternoon before breaking for dinner. Um, there was so much distraction around the decision to, at that point, uh, hold the tournaments without fans. Uh, my involvement with some of those considerations, the committee's involvement, some of their own issues on campus and in their conferences that they were dealing with that we never did get the initial ballot on Wednesday. We had to do that uh, yesterday morning on Thursday, so we started a little behind. Had enough time to still do it. Um, it had to, you know, had the process continued, but we didn't uh, get that started until Thursday morning. And uh, ultimately, an initial ballot, there were 31 teams that were selected. Um, and before we were able to get any, any kind of seating at all, uh, the tournament had been canceled. And all the tournament, all the conference tournaments were getting canceled in a domino effect on Thursday afternoon. Uh, and then there was a gap. I can't remember how much long, but there was a little bit of a gap, a couple hours before the NCAA tournament was ultimately canceled. What was going on during that gap from the conference tournaments being canceled to the NCAA tournament being canceled? Well, I think the only reason that there was a gap at all is, is it took just that uh, hour or two 
for the senior staff at the NCA to you know to get all the board members of the NCA board of governors scheduled and not a call. Um, you know there are I don't know how many you know twenty plus board members that they need to you know communicate with to get on a call to have a discussion and consideration and. Um, we got to, I think, selecting a couple more teams, I believe. I was in and out of the room, frankly, uh, but we did basically suspend the process at that point, w- awaiting the results of that decision by the NCAA Board of Governors. And the last thing, Dan, the sites uh, that weren't able to hold the NCAA tournament this year in the men's and ultimately the, the neutral sites for the women, uh, especially the Final Fours, uh, what could be decided, you know, hopefully – we're going to have everything work out in this country, you know, for future years where these sites could get back on the schedule. Well, you know, Atlanta for the men, New Orleans for the women, uh, incredible hosts, previous hosts. They did an incredible job of planning with us for the men's and women's final fours. Um, we are so deeply appreciative of their efforts and disappointed for them and for everyone involved. I'm sure they'll get serious consideration for future final fours as they should even just based on their past performance and indeed, you know, this unfortunate circumstance as well. Well, Dan, be safe. Uh, I know we'll talk soon. And uh, as you said, um, you know, it's just an unprecedented situation. You know, we feel for obviously all the seniors and the hard work of everyone up and down on the men's side and the women's side, not getting this chance, but uh, you know, uh, global events took over and there was nothing absolutely, obviously anyone could do about it. Yeah, and you know, the health and safety of all these student athletes and the coaches and the trainers and families is, you know, it's just of the utmost importance. And, um, you know, hope and pray everyone's going to be fine and, and know they will be by, you know, following all the guidelines that have been in place for, you know, with, with all these medical experts. And um, we'll get back at it next year for those that are still playing college basketball. But I'm heartbroken. The committee is, is heartbroken over this unfortunate development. So we're, we're all going to suffer through March together. But we'll get through it. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Good being with you. And we appreciate Dan uh, joining me for this interview. Um, What's next? We don't know. Uh, We're just going to obviously have to wait it out. Schools are essentially shut down around the country. Uh, The majority going to online learning. Teams are not on campus. They've already canceled. Spring sports in terms of championships at the NCAA level. And then uh, most schools, most conferences, I should say, have canceled all spring sports. There's a couple of outliers still uh, holding out hope maybe late April, May, but it doesn't seem like that's likely. There is movement, though, that it looks like the uh, sports that did not play in the spring, uh, this spring, have a good chance if they want uh, those seniors to get waivers to come back next year, if it's possible, a lot of that to still work out. But that would be great news if all that could work out if, if – Athletes want to come back that didn't get a chance to play in their senior season uh, in, a, in a slew of sports at the NCAA level. As for March Madness, uh, obviously, hopefully, everything will be good to go for the start of the fall uh, with media days in October. And then uh, 2021, uh, the NCAA tournament and the Final Four uh, in Indianapolis. So we're hoping that all that can occur. We can get through this uh, national crisis um, global crisis. So uh, everyone out there, stay safe, take care of yourself, and uh, we hope to uh, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.